Uh, a reading from the book of Malachi, chapter 3, verse 10. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. The word of the Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Doug. Good morning. Um, I had my phone sitting up here in the front, and I didn't realize... um, how many people had texted me to say, I'm watching at home. So good morning, all of you all watching at home. I probably have 15 text messages saying I'm watching at home. So we're excited to have you at home and here in person. I also saw a couple of you register for the retreat in the last 15 minutes. Good for you uh, while you're sitting in church. I love that. Uh, We'll take it any way we can get it. Listen, that weekend's going to be really exciting. It gives you a real chance to spend some concentrated time with the people of this church. You don't want to miss that. So if you have questions about it, find me after church. And if you want to come, it's not too late. Whatever your constraint is, whatever you're worried about, come talk to me. Let's see if we can figure it out. Let's see if we can figure out whatever the barriers are. So let's have a conversation about that. We've been talking about partnership and reading through Genesis. And that's been so exciting. We're going to explore today the idea of generosity of spirit as we move towards the retreat and thinking about what God's revealing to us through this series You just heard Doug read Malachi 3.10. It's such a powerful verse. And what does that verse mean and how do we do that? We're going to look at that this morning. Generosity of spirit is by its connotation shared. So I just want you to go ahead and change your lens this morning to we're going to talk about sharing. Sharing in a lot of different ways. So the people in this room are not sitting here as individuals. We are sitting here as the collective. It's the tethering of the natural and the supernatural together that allows us to be generous of spirit. And that's kind of a Christian ease statement, but what does that mean? Your talents, your skill sets, your giftings, everything that you have tethered to the spirit of God. That's what that means. No, nothing is left out. Nothing is lacking in that. As we talk about generosity of spirit, we also have to overlay humility of spirit because we're, what we're talking about today is often things that we believe are ours They're not yours, and they're not yours to withhold. It must be shared. So we're going to talk about that idea of sharing. I have my glasses on today because I printed my sermon small, and I can't read anything if I do that. So um, what is generosity of spirit? How do I get that? We think about that term. We think, what does that mean? The Holy Spirit must be your operating system. All of you all are tech savvy. I know you are. And you think about all the different operating systems you use and all the the optimal, what runs everything optimally for me. Oftentimes when I tell somebody something's not going right on my computer, the first thing they say is, what's your operating system? What are you logging into? Allowing the Holy Spirit to activate our operating system to operate everything from the internal so that it then becomes partnership in the external and it's running 100% of the time. Letting the Holy Spirit direct and guide you to the things God cares about and letting you see them the way he sees them. We often see things differently than the way God would see them. It's the collective template, meaning we're more concerned about the souls of others than we are about ourselves because God already has us. 
We already are in that secure place. We've adopted his heart towards the kingdom and we're willing to let him flow from us. Now that's a lot of words. You're like, I don't know how to do that. Well, hold on. Generosity promotes the idea of interdependence. That was God's design all along. We've been talking about that for the last few weeks, this idea of partnership. This is not an individual sport. Interdependence is the word of the day. What I have is yours. What you have is mine. And I will let it flow willingly as the need is brought. I will not hold that. You are actually supposed to flow your gifts, your love, your talents, your grace, your mercy. You're supposed to flow it continually so that if someone meets you or walks up next to you or is in your presence, it flows to them maybe without them or you even knowing it. The greatest indication of your relationship with God and the Holy Spirit is how you treat others. It's the greatest indication. If you're trying to figure out what your relationship with, is with God, assess that. It's the greatest indication of how well you're letting God and the Holy Spirit take up capacity and space in your heart. Do you contend for the souls of others and will you freely give to them? If we look in the mirror in the morning, who do we see? Do we, do we enter our world as a secure, loved child of God that has what they need, that's equipped, that's running with the Holy Spirit as our operating system and we're able to freely move into the world from a, from a place of security? I can give you whatever you need because I'm already good. Insecurity drives lack of generosity. So if you're having a hard time flowing, if you're having a hard time opening those gifts and talents and these other things to the kingdom and letting God use them, we have to figure out first where the insecurity lies. What are you afraid of? What are you worried about? Security in God's promises frees that thing that has to be freed. We'll talk in a minute about why it has to be freed. The power of your generosity as a child of God, is unlike any generosity anywhere else in the world. It doesn't exist anywhere except from the hearts of God's children. Everywhere else generosity exists is missing the power of God. Doesn't make it bad. But you have a responsibility to flow it from the power of God. So let's establish something before we go any further. I said this a minute ago. We read it in Malachi. Your gifts, your talents, your ability... Your love, your grace, your mercy, and yes, even your money doesn't belong to you. So I want you to just sit with that for a minute. Have you been blessed with it? Absolutely. Is it yours to keep? No. They've always been meant to be given away. It's always been intended to be shared. The Holy Spirit resides in you so that you can show the face of God to others. It was never meant to be kept internal. It has to be allowed to transform in your internal so that then it can flow to the external. So there's a process to that. And we talked for several months about who am I and my identity and who am I in Jesus and what does he do for me. And now we're turning that to the external. We filled that up. We understand that. Now what do we do with that? We get caught up in the individual and we quench the Holy Spirit in a world that desperately needs our generosity in only the way that God's children can do it. So let's return to Genesis for a few minutes. This book not only shows us the generosity of God, but it also has huge examples of human generosity. And there's a bunch of stories in there, a bunch of examples. But I want to look at the story of Joseph for just a minute, since that's one that a lot of us know about. 
Joseph was Jacob's youngest son, and he was the fair-haired child. He was the favorite. And there's no confusion about that. Jacob said it. It's in the Bible. He was the favorite. And blessing was upon him from his very birth. Joseph had a dream about God's generosity to him, that he was going to be king. But Joseph had a lot of brothers, and he shared the dream. And they thought, oh, no, no, no. We're not going to allow you to have that. And so his brothers started plotting. It's straight out of a Jason Bourne movie, right? They started plotting. What do we do with this guy? And so they took him and they sold him into slavery to the Egyptians. And they came back and told his father that he had died. This is a super intricate plot, right? These guys had to sit down with whiteboards and expo markers and figure it out. It's an intricate story of how they got rid of Joseph, And so there's so many parts to the story, and and so please read it. It starts in Genesis 37, and really the story of Joseph and Jacob runs through the end of the book of Genesis. It's a fantastic story with several different messages in it, but I'm going to truncate it for our purposes this morning. Joseph was sold into slavery, and he ends up interpreting dreams and sharing his gifts with the Pharaoh, and that puts him in a place of power and authority. He, he doesn't die. God moves him in his generosity into a place where he can be used, where the skills and talents and generosity of spirit that God had already put in Joseph now flow to a place that really needed him. Do you think the seat of power in the Pharaoh's palace is probably a place that needed some generosity of spirit from God? For sure. And so the, 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 cha- the, right, the, the part in the movie where you're like, oh my gosh, here it comes. Now the famine has spread to Egypt and Joseph's brothers have to go to Egypt or has spread to their homeland and Joseph's brothers have to go to Egypt and they have to find food or they're all going to die. Pretty dire situation, right? We see ourselves in dire situations all the time in this world. Joseph is the one they have to approach. He's the one that holds what they need. He has every reason to shun them. He has every reason to let them suffer. But what you see as you read that part of Genesis is that he accepts them and he helps them with the generosity of spirit that can only come from somebody filled with God because your natural is going to punish them. Your natural is going to show them, oh, look what you did. I told you so. Look what happened. Only the spirit of God and letting the spirit guide Joseph is the reason that he's able to show them real generosity. And he tells them in chapter 45, verse 3, he says, they don't need to be upset to find out that they have to rely on him. Here's what he says. God has sent me ahead of you to preserve your life. Plot twist. He has sent me ahead of you to preserve your life. Who are you being sent ahead of to preserve their soul? Through your gifts, your talents, your money, your grace, your love. Generosity of spirit resides in us. What are we gonna do with it? And you think to yourself, well, why do I need to plow into this generosity of spirit with every part of my being? What's the real purpose behind that? In Genesis 2-7, it tells us that God breathed his spirit into us as he created us. That is how you were created, by the breath and spirit of God. If your entire operating system in your body, every cell, every part of your physical and spiritual body was formed by the spirit of God, imagine what happens when you don't exercise that. Imagine what happens to you. When you don't recognize that and put it into action, it will cause your spirit to be unsettled and unsure. You aren't using your spirit as it was intended and it will atrophy and it will begin to cause other problems. 
You can go through life thinking, I have to get mine, I have to get mine, but you already got yours. Now I need you to activate that and use it. That's where the abundance of life comes from. You have to be a conduit for that. So many of you are unsettled. You call me, I can't find my purpose. I can't find my calling. Let's start right here. Your purpose was already put in your soul from the very beginning. Your purpose is to let that spirit of God flow out of you, but you keep searching for it outwardly. And you can't figure out why you can't find it or why it's fleeting because it's right here. If you're unhappy and unsettled, I would bet it's because you aren't leaning into this inherent part of your spirit on a daily basis. Who am I and what was I created to do? It's not a mystery. It's not a puzzle. You were created to flow God out of your spirit in the most generous, loving way possible. And if you're not doing that, other things won't work. doesn't mean you're a bad person. It means the power of God is not behind that. He's not informing that. He's not equipping that. It's your purpose. Everything else flows from that. So as you're trying to find your purpose, you need to get this in place first. This is where that interdependence comes in. Your generosity of spirit then gives others the opportunity to partner in their spirit. So then we can bring each other to the spirit through contrition, through obedience, through love, through the release of bitterness, through forgiveness, through living in abundance that isn't all rooted in money. Money's not bad, guys. That's not what we're talking about. But when money's what you're holding on to because you're afraid that God won't provide something else or you don't even understand the purpose of it, we got a whole different issue. Something that's good becomes the curse in your life. You are partnering with God, but you are creating avenues for others to partner as well. When I respond to you in love and grace and mercy, I give you ability to respond back in love and grace and mercy. Your spirit starts to flow. I have to give you an opportunity. We have to meet, right? It's the wonder twin powers activate. I'm showing my age. Some of y'all don't even know what that means, right? But we have to get together and we have to say, your spirit and my spirit are flowing to each other. God's going to give you what you need from me, and I'm going to get what I need from you. And it's a continual process. It's the only thing that is going to make you feel like you found your purpose. You are modeling a behavior that releases your spirit to work and equips others in their spirit at the same time. And it's necessary, and it's crucial. So we begin to think, how many gifts can I give away if I'm powered by the Spirit? I can give away love and grace and mercy and forgiveness. I can give away touch. Sometimes that's all God's asking you to do. I can give away a prayer so that every night I have to say to God, I gave it all away. Everything you gave me, I flowed it out. I loved everyone you put in front of me. I showed grace and mercy when it was easier for me to get mad. I stopped and paid attention even when I was busy had somewhere to be. I moved myself to the back so that others could see you. I didn't have to be right all day or make others feel less than. I spent a lot of time holding others up until my spiritual arms were tired and weary. How many times have your spiritual arms been tired from holding others up to God? I tithed even when I wanted to use that money for something else because God's plan for it is more important than my plan for it. He knows what it needs to be used for and he'll take care of me. It's about obedience. It's about allowing God to release the blessing to you. I gave you all my first fruits, God. Even though it worries me to be without it, I did it anyway. I walked out in obedience. 
I gave away all my joy and light and truth and I spread it around and I gave away all the gifts you entrusted with me with and I partnered in it all and I'm laying in my bed at night and I'm thinking, all right, fill me up. Let's go again tomorrow. Let's go again tomorrow because I gave it all away. How many needs did I meet? How many places did I show the face of God? What if we were so tired at the end of the day from letting the Spirit use us instead of fighting and worry and anxiety and climbing the ladder and being angry and irritated and self-absorbed and being offended? And think about all the things during the day that make you tired. What if we flip the script on that? And we're so tired from giving away our gifts and partnering that we lay down at night in the most joyful state of I've given it all away and God's about to fill me back up and tomorrow it's gonna be different. It's gonna be different people and different opportunities and different places and different talents and skill sets that are gonna be used. What if I start to see it as this grand partnership that I wanna be part of and that I'm excited to get up in the morning, put my feet on the floor and say, what, what are we gonna do today, God? Who are we gonna bless today? Instead of being going to sleep at night anxious and worried and offended and upset and I'll show them tomorrow. What will you show them? Will you show them your anger and your irritation or will you show them the face of God? The Holy Spirit will give you wisdom of what and when to do these things and where to do them. He'll bring those opportunities. When we make those decisions on our own, we might err in that. So that's why I'm asking you to turn on that Holy Spirit operating system so that he shows you. It isn't every situation, every moment that there's something specific there, although we can show generosity of spirit in everything. But the Holy Spirit's going to guide that. He's going to show you. Obviously, the Spirit's not asking you to do things that are going to cause you to be taken advantage of or manipulated or put in harm's way. But even in those situations, the Spirit will have the response that you need, just like Joseph. He will still put you exactly in the place that you need to be and allow you to have. You have this need to be generous with the Spirit, not on your own. It's got to be rooted in him. Who cares if you're rebuffed or the effort's not seen or somebody doesn't say thank you or somebody doesn't praise you? God sees it. God blesses it. It's the way that you partner with him. Just because you don't receive any response, it's not, doesn't mean it's not what God wants you to do. Jesus didn't receive the response he wanted. Right? We read that, we're like, whoa, that couldn't have been a, a more heinous response. They killed him. But no one has ever be, been used more powerfully by giving away the Spirit of God than Jesus. We don't worry about the response. doesn't matter. The obedience is in you letting the Holy Spirit lead you. It has nothing to do with what the person's response is. Make sure your operating system is the Holy Spirit because that's going to provide wisdom and protection and guidance so you can fully lean in. If you don't do that, your daily life will not be what God intended and you will continue to search for your purpose. So how do I exercise the generosity of spirit? I give myself away, make it a hobby. All y'all got hobbies, you talk to me about them all the time. Some of y'all are super smart in so many areas and that's great. That's where all that resides, your talent, your joy, your skill set, your kindness. Give it away, make it a hobby to at the end of the day, to be so wrung out from all of the goodness that God has given you that you've shown it to everybody else. I love this quote by Timothy Crowley. He says, you can't, you can't, you, I'm sorry. He says, you may go forth in the search of happiness, 
But to find it, you must return. You have to keep coming back to the Holy Spirit. You have to keep coming back to that operating system. You keep going out in search of these things. They're right here. You just have to do something with it. You can't be on a force march through life, never looking up, never seeing what the Spirit's showing you. You have to be paying attention. And every day, each one of us withholds a score of gifts that the world needs. Every one of you sitting in every one of these chairs has gifts that the world needs and you withhold them. Think if you let them flow what the cumulative effect will be on the kingdom. Train yourself to take the risk. Train yourself to smile at the person who may not deserve it. Train yourself to champion the person to your left and right. Find out what God's doing with them and pray over that and love them and touch that. Sometimes the ministry of presence is what we need. Do we know each other? Do we care about each other's souls? Tithing is a great place to start in the natural. Let go of that money. It's one of the things we hold on to the tightest. God's going to bless it. He's not going to leave you without. He's going to bless it. Imagine what he can do with all those resources. He gave you a promise in the Bible, and he wants to show up powerfully for you, so you have to let him. You have to walk into those spaces. In the supernatural, start with showing your love and grace when your natural reaction is to withhold. I guarantee you, the first place that you try to show this when your natural reaction is to withhold is the place you need to walk in. Go powerfully in that moment. Let the Spirit lead you and get after that. Pay attention when your spirit feels like it doesn't want to do the thing God's asking you to do. That's exactly where he needs you to go. That's whatever skill set, talent, and gift you have needs to be used right then. And if you don't do it, God misses out. He misses out on that moment. Giving love and grace and mercy when it doesn't make sense. Meditating on heavenly, heavenly reality. Study generosity in the Bible. It's all over the place. It's all over the place in Scripture. Study it and look at it through God's lens. If you have a spiritual, if you have a spiritual depression... I would tell you it is linked to lack of generosity of your spirit. And a lot of you will tell me you're depressed. Are you depressed or do you have a spiritual depression? Let's relook it. Let's see what it looks like. Because when your spirit's not being used, it will cause depression. It will cause angst. It will cause uneasiness in your soul. And you will always be unsettled because your Holy Spirit operating system is shut down or is being overshadowed by something else. You have to fully turn on the Holy Spirit in partnership. If you have a barrier, you have to unclog the flow. Your purpose is to be generous. So your response to this will give the Holy Spirit avenue to respond in you, and then you start to partner. And it starts to be every day, all day long. What if we were all so busy giving away the gifts of our spirit that we start to bump into each other? What if we're like, oh, I was coming to meet this need, I got it. Oh, okay, I'm coming, I'm coming over here to meet this need. I got it. Because all God's people are activated. And they're saying, what do I need to give away? And oh, I see you. What do you need from me? Because maybe something I've got, you need to go do that thing. And so let's sit and pray about that. Let me flow something out from my spirit to you. And then you go over here and take care of this. And then I'll go back and get re-equipped. And we'll figure that out. What if it becomes to begin a conversation between God's people? What are we doing for the kingdom today? What are you doing? Oh, I'm doing this. How do we link that together? Right? God was telling me this. You got any, you got any prayer on that? Yeah. God was telling me to do this. What if we start to have that conversation? What if instead of saying, where'd you go eat last night? We say, what spirit, what, what generosity of spirit were you able to walk into last night? What opportunity did the spirit give you? Because I want to know about that. I want to be part of that with you. 
to show the face of God. Full people fill others. You can't be fully you can't be full and keep it all. So if you can't release it, you aren't full. And the only fullness comes from partnership with God. Even good things will clog up the mechanism. Right? I'm not telling you money's bad. It's not bad. Kept to yourself and not shared with the kingdom, it clogs the mechanism. You will start to have other second and third order effects that are not good for your spirit and not good for your soul. Even good things will clog it up. You can't keep the good things of God stagnant. They have to flow. Joseph was triumphant and seen by God from the very beginning of that story you see in Genesis, but he wasn't fully partnering until he let it flow out of him. God's design wasn't fully seen until Joseph shares the grace and the love and the mercy with his brothers, even though he had done all sorts of God's work prior to that. The full partnership wasn't seen until then. So when you go to bed at night, I want you to lay down, put your head on the pillow and say, did I take any darkness out of the world today? Did I take any darkness out of my own heart? Did I take any darkness out of the heart of another? God has empowered you and commissioned you to take dominion over this earth. Genesis tells us that. The only thing necessary in this world for evil to triumph is for you and I to be apathetic. You have responsibility. Your spirit is what God needs. And one thing is certain, when we set out to give of ourselves freely and fully, our hearts will make a direct connection with God. I, I'm willing to say this pretty clearly. If you don't do it, your connection with God is broken. There is a disconnect. And I don't know about you, but I don't want that. I don't want to have a disconnect with God. Right, Malachi 3, when we, when we looked at that verse, we put it back up for me, Shay. We looked at that in the very beginning. Bring all your tithes into my storehouse. That means so many things, guys. It means bring your tithe in, in the sense of your first fruits and your money. God needs your money. He needs your resources. That's why he gives it to you. But it also means bring all your gifts, all your talents, all your abilities. Bring them into, to, into the storehouse so there's enough food, so everybody has access Everybody gets to draw of that. If you do, I will open the window of heaven for you. When you're looking for your purpose, really what you're telling me is, I need a window into heaven. There it is. Open up your spirit and be generous. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. We're so worried about lack. What if we test that? Right? He tells us, test me. What if we test that? And we say, make it so abundant, I don't have room. I have so many things I need to give away out of my spirit, I don't even have room. The crops are so abundant, and he'll guard them from insect and disease. He'll guard them from the enemy. Your grapes will not fall from the vine before they are ripe. That's what the Holy Spirit does. The nations will call you blessed, for your land will be such a delight. Is anybody in this country calling us blessed? Do you have anything somebody else wants? Is a non-believer looking at you saying, I want what they have? Where does that generosity of spirit come from? How are you kind and loving to someone who doesn't deserve it? Where does that come from? How do you forgive someone who's wronged you? Where does that come from? How do you release your money and believe that the kingdom of God is going to use it for good? How do you do that? Don't you want somebody to ask you those questions? Don't you want somebody to see you and see the face of God? The world doesn't expect this. And I wonder 
If God is saying, if you're not gonna flow my generosity, will you please stop calling yourself a Christian? Please stop entering my world selfish. Please stop keeping the things I've given you to yourself. Stop calling yourself my children if you aren't gonna show my face to others. The world doesn't expect this. Very few people are going to expect you to be generous of your spirit. It's not something that, that's done often. Let's see if we can set out to surprise everyone. Let's pray. Lord, I'm grateful for your word, and I'm actually grateful for your command in this area. You're not asking us, you're telling us, here's the blueprint to a life that is abundant. Here's the blueprint to bringing every soul into my kingdom. Why do you keep looking for all these other places? I know you're saying that to us, God. Stop looking elsewhere. It's right here. If you will give away, I will give to you abundantly in every area of your life. You don't have to worry. You're, you're telling us that. So, Lord, I just ask this morning that you would reveal to each of us individually what are you trying to tell us? What part of our skills and talents and abilities are we holding? What love are we holding that we need to give away? Where are we clogged? Lord, I pray that we would lay down in our bed at night so spent from serving you, so giddy with the joy of the things that you're going to do. We go to bed at night and we can't wait to wake up the next day and get right back on that path with you. We can't wait to ask you, what do you need from me now, God? Where can I be used now, God? How can I partner with you now? Lord, I ask for blessing and favor on each one of these people that seek you. I ask for us as each other's community that we would love on each other well. We would counsel each other well. We would listen to each other well, that we would champion each other well. We would contend for each other's souls. I ask for you to fall heavy here in the next few minutes, Lord, that you would cover us. I ask that if someone wants to openly speak, Lord, that you would let them come to the back and pray with us, that we would, we would speak this out loud. What is the area that I need to open up? Or that even we would just come back in prayer and surrender this part of our heart to say, I don't know what it looks like, but I'm in. I'm in. I pray all this to you in your son's name. Amen.